Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Embrace. I'm so grateful that you have come to worship our Lord here with us in this Embrace family today. You'll notice if you look up here, it looks a little bit different today. We're going to actually stay camped out up here most of the time. Um, it's going to feel a little bit different today, and I'll explain more as we go along. Um, but if you are new with us, we are so glad that you are here for the first time today um, and just hope that you'll find yourself at home. We are going to stay seated because we're going to be up here for most of the service, but at any point in time, if you would like to stand or kneel or assume any other posture for worship, you are welcome to do that. There's freedom in this space, whatever helps you to worship today. And the altar is also always open. So we're going to join together first by singing All Who Are Thirsty.
thank you for singing together a, a prayer that is sometimes the only prayer we can pray. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Well, this morning, if you are new with us, we are so glad you're here, and I hope that you will fill out a Connect card. You will find it in the pew in front of you. It is bright blue, um, and you can share your information with us in that way. You can also use the back of the Connect card to give us a prayer request. Um, we have a team of individuals who keeps those confidential, but lifts those up every single week. We truly believe in prayer, and we believe we don't have to walk this journey alone, but we can bear one another's burdens. And so turning in a prayer request or emailing us at prayer at embraceyourcity.com is always a way um, to be able to partner in prayer together. There's boxes at the back of the sanctuary um, and over here at the side. And if you have filled out a Connect card or a prayer request or would like to give this morning, you can do that in those boxes. I also want to encourage you to read the announcement sheet. It's at either table, at either door, when you come in or as you exit. Um, that'll tell you specifically about some needs our food pantry has. It has specific food items we're looking for um, and also shares with you about our other ministries going on as well. And I will remind you there is no Wonder Room today or for the month of August. We are getting ready to relaunch the Wonder Room for a whole new school year, which will include the next summer as well. Um, in September. But there are activity packs and coloring materials at the back labeled so you know what is what. Um, and you know, if adults, if you would like to color, you can do that as well. That coloring station is right at the back. Um, and so those are options for us this morning. The next thing we're going to do this morning is move into a time of gratitude and lament, which is a normal rhythm for our community. It's how we connect with one another, but it's also how we come to this space with our, our whole person. We don't believe that we have to be happy or um, force ourselves to be okay when we come to church, but here in this community, we are honest and we are real, and so you can bring your gratitude, but you can also bring your lament. And this morning, some of you may already know and others of you may not, but this is actually a really heavy morning for our community. Um, we have a really, um, really heavy communal lament that I would like to share with you, kind of a two-part announcement this morning. Um, last Saturday, Summer Sears um, passed away suddenly and unexpectedly, leaving behind her wife and 13-year-old daughter. And um, her family has been processing that and also dealing with COVID this week, trying to get ready to have a funeral for her, which will be held here next Saturday. Some of you might have not had the chance to meet Summer, but she was just such a light. Um, she is the, the cousin of Courtney Winders, and so the Winders family, are, they're the ones who introduced her to Embrace, and she came for about a year and a half. She started back during the pandemic. Summer loved children. She mentored with Common Good. She was about to start serving in our Wonder Room. She was also part of a volunteer storytelling troupe in the community that worked with children, but also went to nursing homes. She was constantly giving of herself. She constantly wanted to create spaces for people to know that they could belong. Summer was also in the process of learning Spanish. She apparently, um, Courtney told me, had like a 700-day streak on Duolingo, Duolingo um, trying to learn Spanish because she also volunteered every Thursday with Kentucky Refugee Ministries. There are so many ministries across the city that will be missing her light. Um, and she also, um, Courtney told me a funny story that one of the afternoons that um, Summer was mentoring at Common Good, uh, one of the little boys, a couple of the little boys she was mentoring with were having a conversation in Spanish and they didn't think she knew, but then she answered them in Spanish and so got to surprise everyone with her skills. But she was, she was, she would have told you that she was an introvert and that she was shy, but she showed up in so many places and with so much of herself. And so that is a real loss for our church family. And I want you all to know that you're invited to come to that, that service next Saturday. It will be here. Her visiting hours will be from um, 11 to 12.30, and then the service is at 1. If you have any questions about that or if you would like to help with some of the hospitality tasks that will be needed because we're having it in our space, feel free to let me know. But we will take some time this morning to pray for Summer's family and her friends and all those affected by this loss, um, including our church family um, and that is the first really hard announcement to make this morning. That was last Saturday. Wednesday evening, um, but we did not find out until Friday, the 18-month-old um, child who was John and Laura's first foster son, Baby C, was found unresponsive and later passed away at the hospital. 
And so John and Laura are grieving right now. And as their church family, we grieve alongside them. It is always a heavy thing for a young one to no longer have life. And we carry that this morning into our time of worship and into this space. So um, I invite you to pray for John and Laura and for all who are affected by the loss of this child. And we will take some time to do that together this morning. We are going to have our time of gratitude and lament so that those of you who want to talk and share a little bit with one another in these moments can. We also want to be sensitive to the fact that this is hard news. It might be triggering for some of us to process this kind of grief. And if that is the case, if you need to sit by yourself, it is okay to just kind of put a hand up and not be part of a group. And if you need someone to talk to in this moment, we have a couple representatives from our lead team who are back at the back of the sanctuary, and they would be happy to talk with you or to sit with you or whatever you need. So we're going to take the next few moments to connect as a community um, with gratitude and lament time or whatever processing you need. And then when we come back together from that, we're going to spend some time um, in intercessory prayer with a song called Prayers of the People um, that will kind of guide us in, in praying together over these laments for our community. So I'll explain that more when we come back together. But let's just take a few moments and connect with one another um, around the, the heaviness we've come into this space with this morning.
maybe take like another 30 seconds to wind up your conversation and turn back this way. invite you to go ahead and, and turn back towards the front and we'll spend some time in, in song and prayer together. There is um, a beautiful verse and chorus that has been written and it's called Prayers of the People. Um, and it's a song that you kind of sing a little bit and then you pray a little bit and then you sing a little bit and you pray a little bit. And so we're going to do that together today. We're going to sing, um, you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba, Father. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. That's another one of those prayers. Come, Lord Jesus, and, and Lord, have mercy. Those are really good prayers when we don't know what else to say. And so after we sing that, we're going to leave some space with some music, um, and we're going to have a prayer prompt on the screen behind us. And so you can spend a few moments praying for that prompt. Or if you don't have any words, you can just sit there and soak in the music. And then we will sing, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy together. And we're going to do that a few times because we want to pray this morning for Summer's family and friends and for John and Laura. And then we're also going to pray for all those who mourn and grieve. Um, because I know even though those are the, the two big announcements we've made in our community this week, there is heartache in other lives. And there are other things that we are mourning and grieving today. So we're going to leave space for all of those. Then we are going to end that song, that time of, of worshipful intercessory prayer together by reading a responsive lament prayer together. And so um, I will let you know when it is time to kind of turn back towards the front and read that together. And that will be kind of how we round out our time of prayer together. Um, so you'll kind of learn it as we go.
us pray together. Lord, you have made us your body and our members are wounded. You know intimately those among us who have experienced the pain of loss and grief, unexpected and sudden, this very week. They ache and we ache with them. We have no words, no understanding of this tragedy. We feel the depth of the darkness and brokenness of our world. We are startled by the breath stolen and life swept away. We, we commit, commit to you the family and friends of Summer Sears. We commit to you our Pastor John and his wife Laura and all touched by the loss of baby C. We commit to you all those who mourn and grieve. We commit to you the many who will be touched by the ripples of loss and who will find themselves reeling, grasping in darkness, distressed and despairing. Where were you, God, when the young died before their time? Where are you, God, when the brokenness of our systems denies safety, justice, and the basic protection of life? How long must we bear sorrow after senseless sorrow? How long until you make all that is wrong right? Where are you now? You are with those who mourn, with the crushed in spirit, with those whose heart and flesh are failing. You promise you are here with us. O oh Lord, in our time of sorrow, let us not grieve as those without hope. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Lord, we are those who mourn, and we do not feel blessed. Still, we pray you will help us receive your comfort as our portion. You are near to the brokenhearted, and save those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, we are broken and crushed. We come to this day with shattered hearts. Still, we pray you will help us experience your nearness as our portion. With the psalmist we say, my heart and my flesh may fail, for we know the weakness of both. Still, with the psalmist help us say, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. O Lord, in our time of sorrow, be our strength and our portion. Be our portion and our strength. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being together this morning in really hard, tragic news. Thank you for the prayers that I know you're praying now and will continue to pray on behalf of our community members. Figuring out how to spend our time together this morning was not an easy task. I'll let you know that I prayed about it and still wasn't quite sure coming into this morning that I felt peace about how we needed to share this time. I know that it would be easy for us to spend space and time continuing to lament with one another, that that would be an appropriate way to spend this time. And there is a lament in scripture. There is one, only one, that does not end on any sort of hopeful note. It ends in the depths, in the darkness. And that psalm is there to tell us that there are moments of our life where we're not ready to turn to the hope. And that is okay. And if you are in that space this morning, if moving anywhere else feels like salt in the wound to you, there is space for your suffering and your processing and your grief this morning. But all of the other lament psalms besides that one do turn again to remind us of God's character and do recall again the deeds of God and the good things that God does and will do again in the future. All of those lament psalms except one end with a note of hope. And so I believe it is our task as a gathered community of worship this morning to put before one another again the character of God. To put before one another again the reason that we have for hope in him. And to declare that he is faithful and that he is good. And so the scripture passage the lectionary gives us for today actually helps us to do that. To look at those aspects of who God is in the way that Jesus ministers. And I'm not going to preach a sermon today. Um, one, because there really wasn't space and time when we found out all of this news. And two, because I don't think any of us really have the capacity to take that in today. So I'm going to share just a few thoughts 
here before we sing some songs and then a few more in a minute because I think the scripture lesson today teaches us two things mainly. It teaches us something about God, which we need to look at today, and then it teaches us something about ourselves. And so the amazing thing about the lectionary is that it's already fixed. It doesn't know what's happened in our lives, and it gives us a scripture passage anyway. But the amazing thing about scripture is that it's not fixed and static, but the Holy Spirit, God's own breath, breathes life into the scripture when we come to it. And so I believe that the passage that has been chosen for us today is one that can give us life and can give us hope, even in a moment like this. And so let's go ahead and read that passage together. This is Luke 13, 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The word of God for the people of God. Today I want to suggest simply that we can learn a beautiful lesson about who God is and what he does from this passage. And I think these two verses highlight it most clearly. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? Here, Jesus is equating giving water to an animal with freedom for this woman. And water to an animal is a basic need, right? And so as Jesus makes that parallel, it's not to make a comment about the woman being like an animal, nothing gross like that. Jesus is making this comment to help us recognize that freedom, like water, is a basic need. The way that God understands freedom is that it is necessary for true life. And we understand that. We know that there is no life abundant when there is oppression and that there is no life abundant when there is slavery and darkness. Jesus shows us in this passage that freedom is a basic need and that it should not be delayed or denied for anyone. It's so important that he even gives freedom to this woman. He heals this woman on the Sabbath. And, you know, I was reading this passage this, earlier this week, and I also in my own devotional reading was in John chapter 5 where it's another Sabbath healing story. And a verse jumped out at me from that particular story that I think helps give us a fuller picture of this one. And that verse says, So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. I love that statement because Jesus says to the religious elite who are causing a fuss that he healed on the Sabbath, basically, I have a right to do this because I'm just doing what God does. God is always working. So we find in that story in John 5 that God is always doing his work. And we hear in the passage the lectionary gave us today that his work is setting people free. His work is giving people what they need for abundant life. And so when we put those two statements, those two stories together, we hear this word about who our God is. God is always working for freedom. God is always working for life, life abundant, always, even today, even in the midst of the brokenness that our community is facing, even in the midst of suffering that does not make sense. We don't have answers. We don't have ways to excuse it away or make it okay 
but we do have the knowledge that our God is with us and working, always working for freedom and for life. And so today, that's what I want to put before us about who our God is. That is the statement of hope at the end of our lament today, that our God is a faithful God who is always working, even now. And I want us to spend some time singing some songs that really affirm that. And in this space where we're going to sing these songs, I want to invite you to participate again however you feel led, if you want to stand or sit or even walk around some, whatever you need to do. And the altar is open as well. But there are candles available to you on the altar too. And I want to invite you, if you feel so led, at any point during these next few songs, to come up and light a candle. And I feel like today this is a tangible way that we can say, I am praying for those in our community who are suffering most deeply. But also that light is coming into the darkness. That you light your candle as a show that you will hold hope even in the moments where it feels hardest to have it. And so I, I want us to be able to light these candles and for it to be a visible show of our support for John and for Laura and Summer's family. And for it also to remind us and encourage us that we are not grieving without hope, but we have a hope in a God who is always working for freedom and always working to give us life and life abundant and that we can trust him in that. So... We're going to play these next few songs. You're welcome to sing. If you are not in the space to sing, you can just sit and soak, and you can come and light a candle as you feel led. It was 
come to you this morning heavy laden and hoping. We are grateful that you are faithful, that your word testifies you are always working, even when the darkness is what's in front of our eyes, even when we see the chains and we see the pain and we don't see you, God, you are working. We thank you for your word for your son, for the life that he lived to show us your heart. And God, we pray that this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would birth hope in us, that we might cling to you and to what is true of who you are, even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The second thing today's passage teaches us is about ourselves. This one is not as comforting a word but it's one we need to hear. And the part of the passage that I think highlights it the best for us is these verses. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. Like this synagogue leader, we too are often quick to put boundaries and limitations on the work that Jesus is doing. We are quick to count it out. 
Maybe it's inconvenient, maybe it's uncomfortable, or maybe we just don't feel like we have the resources within us. But we are quick to say, not today. Jesus is always working, and often we are guilty of standing in the way instead of joining in. So if that is a bit of a reproach for human nature today, that word is also a challenge and an invitation. Yes, today. Even today. Even when we feel like we don't have much to offer. Even when we don't have answers and we have many more questions. Jesus is still working for freedom. Jesus is still bringing light into darkness. Jesus is still loving when we need it the most. And so let that be our challenge, not to delay, to join him in his work, to be always looking, if he is always working, to find the places where we can be his body, where we can come alongside others and offer support. One tangible way we can do that, even in this time of suffering and sorrow, we're gonna have a meal train and we're gonna post it on the community page for John and Laura, and you can find that after the service. That is one tangible way to show up, to be present, to love on them in this time. And of course, next Saturday, you can also show up if you would like to love on Summer's family. Those are some tangible ways to be the body. But in your everyday life, in the communities that you live and work and play in, Jesus is working. So may you be looking, may we all be always looking so that we can partner with him. Christ has no body now on earth but us. I meant to look up who said that. You can Google it as well as I can. It's a quote. Christ has no body now on earth but us. And so let us not delay to join him in his work. This last song that we're going to sing today is an invitation for us to do and to be just that, the body of Christ. We prayed earlier in our lament prayer together that because we are a body, when part of us aches, we all ache. And this song that we're going to sing reminds us that because we are a body, if Jesus is going to work in the world, we're going to work in the world with him. But before we sing that song together, we are going to take for ourselves the body and blood of Christ. Because to be the body, we have been given his body. I say this over and over again, but there is nothing Jesus calls us to that he has not already done. And there is nothing Jesus asks of us for which he himself is not the supply. And so we are going to take communion together this morning and then be charged to be the body. So I invite you to go ahead and grab your cup. And I'm going to leave just one more moment of silence as Debbie plays. Whatever is on your heart that you need to just offer up to the Lord this morning before you take the, the strength and the nourishment of his body and his blood into you. Whether you need to confess times that you have said not today, whether you just need to be honest with him about where you are and processing grief. He is about to give us the most intimate gift, his very self. And so let us lay ourselves before him in this moment of silence as well. God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have said not now and not today, and we have stood in your way instead of joining you in your work of freedom and life and love. And God, today we repent, and we ask that you would strengthen us to walk a different way, to partner with you, to have the eyes to see where you are working, that we might be living sacrifices and offer ourselves up to partner with you. God, I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit today for us on these gifts of bread and juice 
and whatever folks have at home. God, would you allow them to be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may truly be nourished and empowered to be your body, your presence working on earth. God, you are so good and we are so grateful. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you'd like to go ahead and take it together. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Same. 
has offered himself to us, he is here. Now, today, let us offer ourselves to him and for him and the work he is doing in the world. I invite you to stand. Let's all stand for the first time today. And prepare your hearts to receive the benediction. May the love of God our Father the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.